Today's guest is science fiction author Jason Wynn. Jason has been writing since the mid-1700s when he was asked by the Founding Fathers to help with a little document called The Deceleration of Effing Independence. He spends his free time reading to blind kittens and consulting with fallen African dictators on how to use art as therapy. He hopes that one day he can give all this awesomeness up and just write novels. You can find No Graves for Heroes, the first book of the Eagle's Debt Saga, on Amazon. Jason, what made you want to live a more creative life? Well, I think it really stemmed from growing up as an only child and in a small town in Virginia back in the 80s when there wasn't a lot to do. Summer times were kind of rough then, uh, so I had to kind of make my own fun and sort of use my imagination constantly and you know play with whatever toys I had and that sort of thing. And so I really wanted to be more creative uh, just from that respect because I, I had to entertain myself somehow. And I, I got into writing when I found an author, an indie author by the name of Scott Sigler. If you know who he is, he's was kind of an early indie writer god uh, before this sort of modern era that we're in right now. He was the first person to podcast a novel. And uh, when I saw the success that he was having, the early success he was having, I said, oh, I could do that. And I sort of uh, got into writing my first novel, The G-Crisis at the time, sort of trying to model the same success that Scott Sigler had. And through persistence, I just kind of kept writing and kept writing. And now I've got, I think I'm about to publish the eighth book that I've written. So there's been a lot of different inspirations. I mean, you know, down from, you know, major movies like obviously Star Wars. I mean, I'm Generation X, so I was raised on Star Wars and G.I. Joe and The Simpsons and that sort of thing. So I have a lot of influences from those series and franchises. And James Bond is another one, too. And I really enjoy the escapism of all those worlds. And I decided, you know, I wanted to do that, too. Uh, I wanted to write things on that level and exercise my imagination. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, ended up channeling all that into writing. Fantastic. As another Gen X baby, I think it's amazing how much of that has sort of shaped our world and how much seems to be coming back. Once upon a time, folks thought that we were nerds for loving all of our superheroes. I know. And look at us now. I know. I think we won. Yeah, we did. I mean, we truly are one of the greatest living generations uh, in all of American history, I think. And it's, uh, you know, it's, we're finally getting our due. And the media knows it. Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why oh. do you make that your process? Oh, my God. Yeah, I am a hardcore outliner. I tried being a painster uh, with a novel that is now sitting forever in my Dropbox, never to be completed. And it just doesn't work for me at all. I wrote the first in my magical realism series with a very loose outline and ended up throwing away about ten or 15,000 words thinking that I could wing it. You know, there's so many great authors that are, are pansters, like uh, Stephen King is a panster, Tom Clancy was a panster, and uh, I don't know how they did it. Uh, I honestly don't, and they wrote brilliantly. But I, I have to be, um, I have to have a, a very concise, detailed outline uh, of everything that I write. Uh, I find that it allows me to go much, much quicker in my writing because when I, I have very limited amount of time. So, you know, I'm a, I have a full-time job. Uh, I have three kids. And so my writing time is, is limited to about two to three hours a day. And that's without, you know, I'm not doing anything else. It's just writing. Uh, so I have to know exactly what I'm going to write when I sit down, when I've got my time on the keyboard and just crank it out. Otherwise I'll just never get anything written. And if, 
you know, I had the luxury of time. Maybe I could sit and ponder and, you know, as some pansters say, discover the story uh, within, uh, I'd be able to um, maybe write a story out. But I find that I kind of care them off uh, onto plot lines and tangents too much when I don't outline. And that leads to a lot of just thrown away works. Sometimes they'll get repurposed into other stories, but it's, it's just not for me. I, I need to sit and outline and think about the character motivations, the major events that are happening and, and get them all into a logical structure and make sure the story is really tight. You know, make sure the events, you know, cause and effect happen that, you know, intersecting plot lines and, and have a certain degree of complexity to the story. And I can only really do that uh, if I outline it, uh, I, I could never just sort of keep it all in my head and just write it all out. That's uh, that's that's not for me. So uh, I use Google Docs so that I can get at my outline whenever I need to and make changes and updates to it. You know, I'm constantly reworking the pieces of the outline that I haven't written yet. So this, you know, the future chapters are usually getting reworked as I'm writing the current stuff in the outline that I'm working on. And, and a lot of times that'll lead to me thinking of cool things and adding uh, new elements to the story, new depth to the characters, uh, which is, I guess, a little bit pants dirty. That's a word. That's a word, right? Sure. Um, We're off. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a writer. I can make words up. And so, you know, I, I guess in the short, uh, I've tried both ways and the outlining for an analytical person like myself is really the only way to go. And it's it's led to me being able to crank out a 60,000 word novel in about 30 to 40 days. So it's really accelerated my writing and it only gets faster as I keep honing the process that works for me. What do you find to be the pluses and minuses of having a full-time job besides the writing? The plus to the full-time job is the paycheck. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's like pretty much it. That and the health insurance, uh, the stability of income, That that's it. The minuses are obviously the time. I mean, you sacrifice your time. I mean, I, I live outside of Washington, D.C., and it is an accepted thing that you will have an hour-long commute. Everybody has an hour-long commute to and from, by the way. So it's two hours a day. Throw in nine hours at the office. It's 11 hours. You have to sleep eight hours, you know, uh, on and on and on. So your, your amount of time that you have to write narrows. And so it, it's always kills me when I see that, you know, there are these super prolific authors that are cranking out 10,000 words a day. And I wish I could do that, but I just don't have the time. So the big minus without question is the loss of time to write. I'm grateful that I have the type of job where I don't have to take my job home with me. When I leave the parking lot, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to monitor my phone. I don't have to do any of that stuff. And other people, I'm sure, are chained to their job. And that's a growing problem in this, in this information age where they're, they're constantly checking their phone. They're constantly looking at their work emails and that sort of thing. And I, I can't imagine how I'd be able to write if I had to do that. I wish for the day, uh, that's probably my, my biggest wish in life is to walk out of the job for the last time one day and just be able to write that's i mean that's you know my number one goal in life i think you and a whole mess of other folks yeah everybody literally everybody listening to this i'm sure it's they're all nodding their heads yeah yeah hey hey if you've already made it god bless you you, you did it uh you made it up you made it over the wall good for you <laughs> what is someone that no one else knows about you that you wish other people knew and appreciated that's a good one. I wish more people knew about my books. <laughs> I'll selfishly say that. Um, I, I know my, my books aren't for everybody, but I, I wish that. I, I would say that one thing I don't talk about very much is I wish I could spend more time outside uh, in nature. 
and maybe, you know, going on hikes or, you know, being on the water, um, just, you know, go get lost in the forest and walk around or go visit national parks. Uh, we just, I live in an area that's rich with um, uh, great, wonderful outside spaces. And to my own detriment, I have spent very little time in that. I haven't, my kids don't really have much of an interest in going outside and being with the bugs. You know, you put up your air quotes, bugs are everywhere. Uh, menace of all children or, you know, the elements and that sort of thing, the cold. I mean, I, I grew up going camping with my mom, who was a, an army brat, daughter of a World War II veteran. So she'd tell stories about how, you know, they'd drive from Texas to Michigan and they'd go outside, stop in the night and they'd just camp in some farmer's field, her and her three siblings and her mom and her dad. You know, there's a certain kind of cool pioneer spirit about doing that. And I just wish that I had more time or, you know, wherewithal to go out and be outside more. That'd probably be, probably be something I don't talk about very much with people. What are your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? So for inspiration, easily would be movies, like without question. I'm a film school dropout. So I, I went to college thinking I was going to go into film and I'm totally and utterly obsessed with film. If, if I could wave a magic wand and be a certain kind of writer, it would probably be a screenwriter, but that's infinitely more difficult to break into than just being a novel writer. The, the films of the 70s and the 80s are probably the biggest inspiration for me. And of course, you know, you've got huge, huge, massive culturally impacting films from that era, starting with, you know, The Godfather all the way up to the Tim Burton Batmans of the late 80s and everything in between, you know, the Indiana Jones and Star Wars, and, you know, Die Hard, you just go, you know, all the Schwarzenegger action movies and James Cameron stuff. So, you know, if I ever kind of get stuck somewhere creatively, I kind of go back to the, the sacred texts, if you will, or, you know, you know, if I need some good dialogue ideas, I'll throw on some Tarantino and just kind of, you know, absorb stuff that he's written. Um, so, you know, I, I do read uh, and I do uh, listen to audiobooks a lot in my, uh, as I mentioned, hour long commute each way. It's one of the only ways I can actually devour the written word. Uh, but for productivity tools, uh, addicted to Google Docs, I find Google Docs to be fantastic. In its early years, it was much more difficult to use and write because uh, you couldn't write something that was longer than about four or five pages before your browser would crash on you. Uh, they seem to have fixed that. So it's really good for outlining and being able to get at stuff very quickly, you know, in a, in a platform that works and you can get to it from anywhere as long as you can log in. So uh, that's huge. And then I write everything in uh, Scrivener. Scrivener is uh, is just a, a godsend for organizing novels, in my opinion. It is probably, I think, the best spent money a writer could spend is on Scrivener if they're looking for something that's better than Word or, you know, I've my God, I've seen people say that they wrote a whole novel on Notepad Plus and, and other archaic tools. And if they can do that, great. Uh, I couldn't, I could never survive without Spellcheck. I'd probably, the editor would probably kill herself uh, if I submitted something that didn't have Spellcheck. I'm a terrible speller. And then, you know, Dropbox is great for backing everything up. And then um, Draft Digital is fantastic for making mobile versions of your books if you want to post them up to like Book Funnel or Story Origin or anything like that. So. What was the third one? That I'm sorry, I rambled. Creative routines. Creative routines. Uh, write every day. Touch your story every day. Um, I usually, during the day when I'm not around my computer, I'll be working on the um, the outline. But I also keep a open spreadsheet of just names 
that kind of pop into my head, like character names or titles that I think sound cool. Like I'll hear something uh, on TV or somebody will say something and it sounds kind of cool and I'll just write it down. So, you know, never, ever, ever be away from it at the very least a pen and paper, but, you know, having access to my, my online documents so I can just take quick notes. Cause I mean, I have forgotten so many amazing guaranteed bestseller ideas that I didn't write down right before I fell asleep or while I was driving or, you know, just bumming around the house. I'll write that down later. And I didn't. And I wish I could have back all the ideas that I lost. But I, so I do that throughout the day. And then when I get home, I'm usually writing for about two hours. Then it's, you know, spend time with the kids for an hour or two, making sure they got their homework and doing dinner. And then uh, after that, it's usually writing for another hour or hour and a half after that. So the goal is to do a minimum of 2000 words a day. And I can usually hit that some days I hit 3000 and that's Monday through Friday. Then Saturday and Sunday, it's just, it's, it's a game on usually get up early do about 1500 words and then, you know, try to grab an hour or two, you know, several times during the day to write another thousand, 2000 words. So you know, the goal on the weekends is to get about 5,000 words on Saturday and Sunday each. So you get 10,000 on the weekend. So it's, uh, it's near constant. I mean, I, I started writing this new series that I'm working on in, uh, I think it was end of July and I'm midway through the fourth book now and writing it. So it just comes with discipline. You gotta, you gotta touch your story every day. That's probably some of the best advice I ever heard from an indie writer at a conference. And he said, you have to touch your story every day. So you don't have to write a ton of words, but you've got to keep that story and the pacing and the, you know, the plot and the characters and the motivations, you got to keep all that fresh in your head because if you step away from that story for a couple of days or even a week or God forbid a month, it, everything kind of goes stale on you and you have to really waste a lot of time remembering what the heck you were doing when you were writing it. I, I, I don't know how a panster would ever step away from a story for more than 24 hours because, uh, you know, if you're sitting there discovering everything, you tell them, I, I would think you'd have to go back and reread everything uh, to, to figure out where you were. Nothing against panster's. You know, they can, if that's, that's how they do it. Good, you know, good for them. Outliners, I think have it a little bit easier because we could just go like, Oh yes, yeah, so I'm on, bullet number 52, uh, sub bullet 10. Okay. I know what they're doing and you just go, but touch your story every day. That'd be my, one of my number one recommendations to any new writers is always tell them that. That fits in nicely with the next question. Oh, okay. Good. What three things do you wish you'd known earlier in your creative journey? Oh, well, I'll, I'll start with the biggest one by far. And this is kind of a business thing, but it is very apropos to the the modern indie writing era that we're in. And that is avoid audiobooks like the plague. I got some well-intentioned but not accurate advice from a friend of mine who you know, he was talking, he had finished a trilogy and he said, you know, audiobooks are the best, man. You've got to go after audiobooks, you know, Audible. And he was talking it all up and, you know, maybe maybe this was all working out for him if it was great but it did not work out for me i i ran to audible i hired a uh, a narrator who's fantastic uh, she's absolutely phenomenal i loved her to death but i i spent a lot of money producing audiobooks that did not sell and that was a hard lesson to learn because uh when i when i look at them today that are still up on audible and i'm very proud of them by the way uh i think that the it's it, they're very well done and well produced, but they're for stories that were not 
novels really that were not written to market. And because of that, I didn't really have a, any kind of critical mass of, of readership on this series. And then I go and I, I spent, uh, an, uh, it's also a lot of time to do audiobooks. I mean, you have to listen to all of it. I mean, you're talking hours and hours and hours of week of commitment of you listening to what the narrator has said and making sure that they're, it's accurate and you have to send corrections and all that. But it, it, it just didn't pan out. Um, I was very new to the, new to the business and didn't understand a lot of things. And I, I just sort of ran into this thinking that it was going to be a, you know, a big gold mine uh, with audiobooks, and it, and it was not. And I would say to new authors who are getting into writing is that at this point, unless you are just desperate to hear your work on Audible, avoid audiobooks. The audiobook companies will find you if you are on the charts for your respective genres. They now, there are now companies that just cater to indie writers and they will find you. So don't chase those dollars for audiobooks would be probably easily the biggest mistake I made. The other one would be not understanding writing to market. That is a relatively new concept um, from, I believe, Chris Fox, who basically just said, look, you know, if you're going to write a vampire romance, you need to know all the tropes that are in the standard vamp uh, vampire romance, which means you have to have read a lot of vampire romance. Uh, don't try to write a genre that you're not reading constantly because it, the, the readers will pick up on that immediately and your sales will plummet. So, you know, you, you want to focus on a genre that you intimately understand. And when you listen to interviews with other authors who are successful, uh, one of the common traits they have is that they have read darn near everything written in whatever respective genre that they're writing in. And they know exactly what the readers want. And the guys who wrote um, Galaxy's Edge, um, Jason Onspock, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, they made sure that they wrote their book to market and they have a very, very successful series is because of that. You know, you want to go and put a new spin on a genre, you know, that's kind of, if you're expecting to make a lot of money off of it, being the next big, you know, sort of breakout genre success, uh, you're really scratching a lottery ticket, in my opinion. I'm not dissuading anybody from writing anything for pleasure, but if you're going to try to make it as an indie writer, it's probably best if you start out writing very closely to the genre and the tropes that are in, again, whatever it is that you're writing and know it very well and in and out. And then the third one, I would say just Having a better understanding of how I work, I know that sounds a little strange, but just having a better understanding of how much I needed a uh, an outline to write quickly and having the discipline to sit down and write. You know, it's true. The successful old school writers will tell you that writing is a muscle and you have to exercise it every day. And it, it seems difficult at first when you're starting out, but it's practice. It's like anything else. I mean, if, if you're weak or overweight and you go to the gym and you don't see results right away, you might get dissuaded, but stick at that routine for a year, you, you're going to see results. And the writing is the exact same way. You have to you have to keep at it and you have to study and you have to keep reading and, and accept criticism and understand that you know if people tell you that your work is no good, they're not being mean to you. They're trying to be honest with you and don't take it personally figure out how you can do it better. You know, I, I would say, you know, like I said, the third one would be me having a better understanding of what works for me. And that that's kind of a hard thing to know before you get in because I'd have to have had a conversation with myself before I started, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. 
What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? I discovered it last year, but I would say, and I'm sorry if this doesn't relate to creativity, but you know, for indie writing, uh, Book Funnel. Book Funnel is amazing. It is awesome. The problem is that you have to have a couple of books already written that you're willing to give away. But it's a very powerful tool that indie writers have, and uh, that is their mailing list. And when I decided to get very serious about writing, I, I had a mailing list, I think, that had 16 people on it. Um, and you don't have to be a statistician to understand that that's uh, probably not going to get you a lot of benefit. You know, when you're starting out, it's a numbers game. You know, how many people can you touch? How many people can you, you reach you know, through social media or a mailing list or online? And so BookFunnel took me from literally 16 or 17, however many people it was, it was under 20, to over 2,000 within a matter of months. And the mailing list is an incredibly powerful tool. Mark Dawson talks about it in his courses and on his uh, Facebook pages and podcasts. And, and, you know, you could get like Newsletter Ninja, which is a fantastic book. And they will preach to you the power of the newsletter. And people may think, oh, what do I need that for? Well, I I'll say no one can take the newsletter away from you. That's yours. Amazon can pull your books off for whatever reason. Your social media could get banned or God forbid, in some cases, you have a partnership and the partner locks you out. I've read, I've read people have, have that happen to them. But your newsletter, you own it. That's yours. And you can always market to those people and there's ways to build it. And I would say that you know, BookFunnel has been a tremendous help in me growing my reach to individuals. Last question. What project or message do you want to tell listeners about today? I would definitely say my latest project is probably what I'd like to tell people about, and that is um, it's the Eagle's Debt Saga. It's effectively James Bond in the Expanse universe, a universe similar to the Expanse. Uh, so it's a space opera thriller. The, the only difference is that the James Bond character, whose name is Axel Nash, is American, takes place about 200 years in the future, written uh, three books with it so far. Uh, the first one is called No Graves for Heroes. And it effectively is America has been knocked out of the superpower rankings, so to speak, at this point. They were driven into the ground by a very corrupt government for about 100 years. And this story takes place at the beginning of the rise of the country again. But it's, you know, it's fun. It's got James Bond type villains. So, you know, we go over the top with everything. There's lots of action in them. They're about 60,000 words each and i've had a lot of fun writing them and the and the fans uh reaction has been great so it's been very rewarding i'm writing that one it's it's definitely something that's much more up my alley one of the magical realism series that i wrote last year so but yeah the um the eagle's debt saga and if people look at my you know uh, just look me up on amazon they'll see it fantastic i'll make sure to have links to things in the show notes cool thanks Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a blast. I love doing these. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now, go out there and make something fantastic.